0: Jesus prayed for his disciples. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you as we do each week to join us here in this place this morning. and We trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. These days, I'm a Dove soap guy. Is that too personal? I hope not. I had a dermatologist suggest using it once. I had really dry skin, and I guess Dove has extra oil or something. In fact, at that point in my life, I had patches of skin that were so dry, he offered me free dermatological services if I would allow him to photograph these patches of skin for inclusion in a textbook he was working on. So any dermatologists out there, those might have been my feet you were looking at. (laughs) Dove soap cleared it right up, though. When I was a kid, though, we were an ivory house. I suspect a lot of houses were ivory houses in the 80s. I think ivory ruled the 80s. We wanted our clean, as real as ivory, right? Remember the jingle? I looked up a few of the ads on YouTube this week, and yes, that's exactly the kind of sermon prep you pay me for, (laughs) looking up old advertisements on YouTube, and I was immediately transported back to 1988 or so. Just give me honest work and honest pay, honest sweat from honest play, and when I'm through, that's what I'll say, I want my clean as real as ivory. Gotta be 99.44, I want my clean, as real as Ivory, nothing less, nothing more. And apparently that was Ivory's big sales pitch. I remember it was right there on the box, Ivory's claim to fame, 99.44% pure. And the song, gotta be 99.44, nothing less, nothing more, as though somehow... 99.44% pure is the ideal, right? 100% pure? Don't be ridiculous. That's not what you want. 99.44%, that's what you want. Apparently, Ivory doesn't understand what the word pure means. Because there's no such thing as mostly pure, is there? Mostly pure means not pure. I go through this every time I order dessert in a restaurant. Is it pure chocolate, I'll say. Yes, the waiter will say, totally pure. So there's no whipped cream or orange peel or mint leaves? Oh, the waiter will say, that's what you meant? Okay, I'll tell the kitchen to leave them off. And, you know, sigh, since you're being such a stickler, I guess you'll want to know that there's also peanut butter crumble on top. Okay, so not pure. Could I have it with nothing but chocolate on it, please? I want pure chocolate. No problem, the waiter says, and brings me a beautiful slice of chocolate cake with raspberry drizzle all (laughs) over it. Only pure is pure. Even 99.44% pure is not pure. And before we delve into what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 17, when he talks about being sanctified or being made pure, I want to give us some context. John, our writer here, describes purity in the first chapter of his first letter, and he uses an analogy of light and darkness. This is the message, he writes. That we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. This is the God we worship, a 100% God, a pure God, a holy God. In Isaiah chapter 6, when the prophet has his famous vision in the throne room of Almighty God, the heavenly beings are flying around worshiping God and saying, Holy, holy, holy. They might well be saying, pure, pure, pure. Sanctified, sanctified, sanctified. And of course, Isaiah, who's having this vision, knows That this kind of God is a problem for sinful people such as himself. Woe is me, he says, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah knows that the creator God, the almighty and holy God who divided the light from the darkness. Isaiah knows that in him. There is and can be no darkness at all. In him, there's no 99.44% pure. For God, 99.44% just won't do. Anything less than absolute purity cannot help but be destroyed by the holiness of Almighty God. In him, there can be no darkness. At all. So the question for us then is how can we become pure? And not almost pure. Not pure chocolate with a raspberry drizzle on top. Not 99.44% pure. Actually pure. Ivory soap clearly is not going to cut it. They don't even try for 100%. No earthly washing is going to get the job done. The best we can hope for is Ivory's promise of 99.44, but that's not good enough. And I think that when we ask ourselves how it is that we might become clean, we need to know where the dirt came from in the first place. Anyone who does the laundry in their house knows this rule. Different kinds of dirt need different kinds of cleaning. So what kind of dirty are we? Well, I think it's pretty common, at least since the biblical story started to hold less and less sway in the world, it's pretty common for people to think that the dirtiness is out there. The philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau, for instance, famously thought that people were pure and that it was society that made them dirty. And in that case, the solution, the, the how to get clean becomes a choice between fight or flight. You either fight against society, thinking that if you can change certain laws or standards or systems, all the impurity will go away and everything will be okay. On the other hand, you could flee from society, either into some kind of monastery or convent, or even just into some kind of eternal, inward-facing self-reflection. Don't let anything bad in, Spend your time focused on you, and everything will be okay. But this kind of pure person, oppressed by an evil society, is not the teaching of the Bible. Jesus, in Matthew 15, locates the problem, locates the dirt in the human heart, saying that out of the heart... Come, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These, he says, are what defile a person. These are what makes you dirty. Your heart, Jesus says, is your problem. The Bible, it's what comes from you that makes you unclean. It's almost the exact inverse of the modern Rousseauian idea. For the philosophers, you're clean and the world outside of you is dirty. So the solution is up to you. In the Bible, you are unclean. So the solution cannot come from you, it must come from the outside. So now, to John 17. In what's called his high priestly prayer, Jesus prays for his disciples and by extension for us. And it's in this prayer that we can see, amongst a lot of other things happening in this prayer, we can see how it is that an otherwise unattainable 100% purity can be received by a sinful humanity and by individual sinners like you, like me. Holy Father, Jesus prays, protect them, his disciples, and you, and me. In your name you have given to me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. So let's stop here for just a second. In these two sentences, Jesus twice refers to the name of the Father, which he says that he has been given. He has been sent from the Father, yes, but he is God. And he makes that clear by saying that they have this same name, the name that you have given me. Everything the Father has, Jesus has too. God is holy, Jesus is holy. God is pure, so Jesus is What Jesus does on earth, he does in his Father's name. And he wants this connection to be clearly established. So he repeats it. Protect them in your name that you have given me. I protected them in your name that you have given me. So I want you to focus on this connection from God to Jesus. This is the same connection we talked about a couple weeks ago between the vine dresser and the vine and it's the first stage of the passing of holiness from almighty god to sinful humans to you jesus goes on but now i'm coming to you to his father and i speak these things in the world so that they the disciples and us may have my joy made complete in themselves, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. And now Jesus starts talking about holiness, purity, sanctify them. He prays in the truth, your word is truth as you have sent me into the world. So I have sent them into the world and for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they may also be sanctified in truth. This now is the second stage. Jesus prays to his father in heaven to sanctify his disciples, to sanctify us, to sanctify you. To make you holy. Jesus, familiar as he is with the throne room of almighty God, described so vividly and terrifyingly, remember, in Isaiah 6, Jesus knows that 99.44% pure is not good enough. His disciples and us and you need a better cleansing than that. They need a better cleansing than anything that they could accomplish. What they need is for God himself to make them pure. And Jesus asks God to accomplish just that. Sanctify them in the truth, Jesus prays. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. And Jesus here completes the chain sanctification, purity, 100% from God to Jesus to you, from the vine dresser to the vine to the branches. Follow Jesus' prayer. Jesus and God have the same name. The creed says they have the same substance. Jesus has what the Father has. Jesus is what the Father is. And then notice that when Jesus talks about his own sanctification, he says that for our sakes, he sanctifies himself. This is as clear an example of Jesus claiming divinity As any other. He sanctifies himself. Only God is the sanctifier. Only God can make things holy. And here Jesus is saying that he sanctifies himself. And now, because we are in Jesus, we are sanctified too. And the connection is complete. From God, to Jesus, to us. To you. Since your problem is in your heart. You are incapable of self-sanctification. You cannot make yourself holy. Only God can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And he does it, he says, that self-sanctification for your sake. He makes himself holy, he says, for You. This is how this works. On the cross. Jesus who has made himself holy. Gives that holiness to you. His own holiness becomes yours. On the cross a great trade happens. As the sin of the world. Your sin and mine is laid on Jesus. Jesus is for a moment separated. From his father. God, as Jesus cries out that he has been forsaken, God turns his back on sin, on impurity, as he must. Remember that in him there is no darkness at all. But at the same time, Jesus's holiness, his own holiness, his own purity is given to sinners Jesus had the holiness that was God's and now you have the holiness that was his. Jesus had sanctified himself and now on account of his finished work on the hard wood of that cross, he has given that sanctification to you. And this sanctification, this Holiness is 100% pure. Because it actually comes through Jesus directly from God. There is nothing human, nothing of you in it to taint it. It is Jesus' own. And this is so much more profound than a washing. This is no soap, this is no mere cleaning, this is a resurrection. We were crucified with Christ, Paul writes to the Galatians. It is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And this, well, this changes everything. Now, when we enter that throne room in Isaiah 6, that almighty throne room of the holy God, though we are people of unclean lips. The image is now not only that we are in Christ, but also that we are wearing Christ. We have been raised from the dead and given something new to put on. As John will finally say in Revelation 7, our robes have been washed white in the blood of Of the Lamb. We are sanctified. We are clean. As Paul promises in Galatians 3: as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, you are all one. In Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. You, you who are Christ's, who are wearing his own righteousness, you are an heir to everything that is his. Full communion for eternity with God the Father, who is light. And in whom there is no darkness at all. So, hear the good news. Jesus has accomplished his work, making firm the connection from God through Christ on the cross to you, a sinner saved by grace. And now, what was so frightening to Isaiah? God's throne room and the possibility of your impurity coming into contact with the perfect purity of Almighty God. What was once so terrifying has now become an occasion for rejoicing. Revelation 7 describes that throne room completely renovated. Christians from every tongue, tribe and nation now one. In Christ Jesus, singing with the gathered congregation of the sanctified, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I love that song. Salvation belongs to our God. What wonderful good news that is that God alone is the source of our salvation, He is its author. And he accomplishes it by covering us with Christ, sanctifying us, making us pure and not 99.44 percent, 100 percent. We who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We belong in that throne room now. It's a place to celebrate. It's a place to sing God's praises. It's a place to share his meal. It's a place to be home. So welcome home. Welcome for the first time or welcome back. This is where you're supposed to be gathered at Jesus's feet in worship. So sing with us. Say the creed fall on your knees, confessing your sins in Jesus name. Hear his absolution and receive his forgiveness. Eat and drink to remember what he has accomplished. His grace and mercy poured out on sinners. You are in him. And in him, you are pure. In and on account of Christ. That throne room of eternal celebration has a place reserved for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.